Wow. I was totally going to record this episode about something else. But something came up on this walk that I just have to share with you. So, I was going to have a nice little share about taking my dog for a walk in the rain because he's all clean from being groomed so I can't let him loose in the yard and just as I was about to hit the record button I went by my neighbor's house who has the electronic fence and that dog came boiling up out of there the different part of their yard right up to the edge of the fence which is right up on the edge of the street and scared the crap out of my dog my show dog who I keep in a protective bubble because he's only a year old and we're just getting started and this dog came up to the edge of his of that electric fence and acted as if he was going to charge right through it and take a bite out of my dog so there's a lot to unpack here It's good that they have containment for that dog. Unfortunately, they were given bad advice about where the boundaries should be. It shouldn't be two feet from the road. It should be like 10 feet back from the road. And here's why. Not just to protect other people's dogs and other people and kids from the situation that we just had where that dog came up and was super aggressive in our face. Now, I have the situational awareness and human awareness to look and see the the flags that to me mean, oh, That dog can't come any farther than that. But you know, my dog doesn't have that awareness. A kid wouldn't have that awareness. It still startled me. Got my adrenaline going. So, if you're going to use an electric fence, especially so that you can give your dog the full range of your yard, including your front yard, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good plan. And I realized I kind of launched into this from the middle (laughs) because I decided to hit the record button right away. It's fine. Electronic fences are fine if you understand their limitations. One of the limitations that they have is that they create boundary frustration just as much as a tie-out, just as much as a physical fence. And boundary frustration, barrier frustration, is it's a pretty uncool place for a dog to live. And if you create the boundary very close to the stimulus jacks up the aggression level an insecure dog is going to exhibit in order to and this is in air quotes protect his space 
her space because it's not limited to boy dogs. If they had put their fence markers back about 10 feet from the road, that dog would not have to have the repetitive experience of people and strange dogs coming really close to what that dog feels like is his his property, his boundary. And so that dog could have a more relaxed life if his circumstances didn't make him feel like the dangers of the unknown come right up to his doorstep. The adrenaline's starting to wear off a little. I'm starting to unwind a little. Get my, my reasonable brain back a little. The reason that that dog, that insecure dog, feels like he has to be as aggressive as he, as he does is because his boundary, his barrier is right flush against where the strangers come. If it was farther back, he could watch them from a distance and learn that they come and go without any involvement from him. But because he's able to come right up to the edge then that means that he has the reactions of being right next to a threat. And that reinforces that he has to exhibit threatening behavior in in order to be able to feel some safety. If the fence was 10 feet back from the road, 15 back from the road, He could learn he doesn't have anything to do with the other dogs. And instead, unfortunately, what he's learned is that when he acts aggressive, the strangers leave. When he's aggressive to the dog that is at the edge of his fence, when he is aggressive to the person who's at the edge of the fence... You know what? Every single time they leave. So it totally reinforces the aggressive behavior. That the aggression is what's making the people and the dogs, the strangers leave. What an unfortunate thing for that dog to have had to learn. Because now he thinks it's necessary. And he thinks... He's exerting that control over his environment through aggression. And that makes me sad. Because you and I know he's not running people off because of his aggression. People are just moving on because they're living their own life. They're having their own walk with their own dog. (sighs) So the least I could do in that situation, I had... Suddenly, two dogs that I felt some responsibility for. I had mine, who suddenly was faced, he was a 
relatively confident dog, but he was faced with this level of aggression. And I needed him to see that I wasn't afraid. And that I wasn't gonna back down. So I needed to not back down. And in point of fact, because it's just a lab mix. You know, you actually have to work pretty hard to make a lab or a lab mix aggressive. That's part of why this pissed me off so much. Because, you know, it basically has taken a lot of training for this otherwise mild-tempered dog to have become aggressive in that way. So he comes right up to the fence and he's got his tail straight up, ramrod straight. He's barking, and I stopped once I got my dog together. I got my dog behind me so I could show my dog, that's okay, you don't have to deal with this. Because the first thing my dog decided to do after he got scared, startled, was to growl back and be like, yo, jerk, who do you think you are talking that way to? And that's how the trash talk starts and that's how dog fights get started. So I don't let my dog trash talk another dog, even in this case, when it feels legit. So I get my dog behind me. That's the first thing. And not in an angry way, not like, get back. What are you doing? But in a way like that sends a signal. Hey, buddy, I got this. This is a BS situation. You are not wrong about that. But I'm going to handle it for both of us. So you don't have to get in trouble. So that's the first step. Get the dog behind me. Show my dog I'm handling this. And then watching the other dog's reaction pretty carefully, I got up and I took another couple of steps toward him to just before the place where he's going to have a reaction. Now, I'm pretty good at reading nuanced behavior in dogs, so I'm not suggesting you get any closer. But then I pointed my finger at that dog, and I looked him dead in the eye, and I started lecturing him. You know, yelling at him isn't going to help, because that's an angry thing. That anger triggers anger. Anger begets anger. But scolding's just annoying. So I made eye contact with him and I pointed right at him so there was no doubt. Just like his tail is straight up pointing over his head towards me, my finger is pointing right at him. Wow, are you rude? That is some rude behavior right there. What a rude dog you are. Oh my gosh, I can't believe your people put you in this situation. And I just said what was on my heart to the dog, but not, not aggressively, just truthfully and honestly, and partly it's so that the dog will see that sometimes 
It doesn't go the way he expected. And maybe aggression isn't always the answer. Because, you know, once I started doing that, once I point at him and I'm, I'm lecturing him, that's truly the energy I was channeling. I'm lecturing him. He starts looking to the side. He starts, he don't want to move because his habit is so deeply ingrained to be, you know, to be aggressive and to give the aggressive body language and you don't back up then. But he looked away, tried to pretend I wasn't there tail dropped a little bit so my tone dropped a little bit and that's kind of when I started being like hey buddy you know I know that your people put you in this situation and you can't help it and it's not your fault but that doesn't change that your behavior is not appropriate so I'm still lecturing him but now I'm kind of explaining to him why the situation that his people set up for him is the cause of the problem. It's not me. It's not my dog. And as a secondary benefit, if the owners had overheard me and chosen to come out and confront me, well, I was kind of willing to put up with it because I was so activated. But even then, I would have explained to them the ways that it's causing a problem for the dog. Not so much about me, although me too, my dog. We don't deserve to be, <laughs> to be ambushed by this dog who kind of hides and waits for people to walk by so he can come out as, and get as scary a, a response as possible. While I was lecturing him, after his tail had dropped and my tone had dropped, and then his tail dropped a little more, and then my tone dropped a little more, this is where a little bit of my dog experience comes in. I, um, I reached into my pocket to get, well, I to get a poop bag but it could have been anything it was an excuse I reached into my pocket and I looked down at my hand and that took a little more pressure off of him and since I broke eye contact he broke eye contact and he turned a few steps away so I bent down like I was tying my shoe and he used that moment to decide to walk away. So we were able to disengage and both of us, you know, keep our dignity intact, our safety intact, our perception of what we need to do to maintain safety in the world. But, uh, because I spent that time doing it that way, my dog got to see. It took a while, but I did handle it. And that dog left the scene while we were still there. And that let my dog know I really do have his back.
So hopefully next time, he won't feel quite as intimidated, quite as scared. Because I've demonstrated, you know, that I know what's up. And I'm hoping that it sets a precedent that he doesn't need to face aggression with aggression either. But that's not the only way to resolve the sudden confrontation, the sudden and unexpected confrontation that triggered reactions in everyone. So, now I just literally had a physical reaction that the dogs have, and I've, I've kind of cultivated it sounds a little funny but after dogs have had a stressful situation they shake they shake their whole body they shake it off and that's kind of how they reset their energy back to where they were and that's a sign you can look for after a dog's been startled or a dog's had a bad experience so when when they do the shake off they're okay you don't have to ask them if they're okay after they've done the shake-off. The shake-off is that's, that's what that is. And after finishing that dissection of that situation with y'all, I literally shook it off. So, now, <laughs> it's been a long walk in the rain. My hand's pretty cold from holding the phone. And we're going to walk past that yard again, only this time I'm not going to be startled. I'm going to be on the other side of the of the street so we have more space but just to kind of uh, reinforce for everybody that us walking by it doesn't have to mean anything other than just sometimes people and their dogs walk by and that ain't nothing but a thing